0: It's time for some straight talk. Using your phone, yeah, the one right in your hand, could cost up to 30% less every month. Got your attention, don't I? With Straight Talk's keep-your-own-phone SIM kit, you can keep that phone, your same 4G LTE network and number, but pay less. That's more money in your pocket. The ultimate unlimited plan is just 55 bucks a month. Straight Talk Wireless.
1: Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. Video typically streams at GDP quality. A month equals 30 days. Refer to the latest terms and conditions of service at straighttalk.com
2: with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson.
0: Welcome. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, The ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Today's topic is From the Unreal to the Real. And the main inspiration for the dialogue that you'll hear in this show comes from the works of Alice Bailey, the founder of the Lucis Trust organization, who wrote 24 volumes of literature, uh, as, as well she also wrote the following thought into her books as well, and, and actually it's about the ancient prayers. Uh, the ancient prayers have very deep spiritual significance. and this particular one is from the Upanishads of ancient India, and it is as follows: Lead us, O Lord, from death to immortality, from darkness to light, from the unreal. To the real. If this is such an ancient prayer, humanity has been searching for the real, uh, for the real, a long time, hasn't it?
2: Yes, it would seem so, because the Upanishads uh, go way back in um, to uh, early Hinduism, and this is called the Brihadaranyaka oh, Upanishad, wow. <laughs> I think, which is one of the, I think maybe the first. Upanishad that was written down from the ancient Vedas so it's probably at least 4,000 years old what that suggests is one of two things either man has been trying to find his way out of the fog and darkness for a very long time or we could say this urge to find light and reality is something fundamental in the human spirit Mm -hmm. which I find inspiring and encouraging to think that even the very early people of ancient India had the sense that there is more to life. There is a, a dimension of reality that the outer world does not contain or express. And it shows a subtlety of consciousness and a, uh, a spiritual sensitivity that I think is quite uh, phenomenal.
1: It's, um, it's indi- indicative, I think, of uh, humanity becoming awakened to its, its own self, to our own self, if you want to put it that way, uh, and uh, the real, uh, coming to the realization that there is more of us within this physical body that uh, really needs to be explored and brought forth. And I think that is the uh, kind of the incentive or the thrust that has driven uh, mankind for these as four, five thousand or ten thousand years now. So it, it's it's kind of the awakening stage of the human mind towards uh, a, a new expression in the world.
2: Don't you think that this sense of disconnectedness, um, of being apart from a level of reality. Which the religious person calls God um, is something that lies behind all spiritual and religious quests. Religion means literally to bind back, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. And yes, I think it's it's man awakening to himself mm-hmm. and to the realization that uh, there is a self. There is a more of a a something that is more real within this. Physical body that um, needs bringing forth into the world,
2: mm-hmm. and it yeah. has to be done from what we can understand while we live on Earth, not by escaping from it, but by discovering this this real this reality here on Earth, so that it becomes anchored and manifest. I suppose some of our listeners might be thinking, well, the real, I know what's real, the chair I'm sitting on, the table I'm uh, working from, those are real, I can touch them. Uh our our five senses, taste, touch, smell, hearing, sight tell us what is real and substantial. But there was an interesting comment by Aldous Huxley in his book The Perennial Philosophy on this. He said there's a hierarchy of the real. In other words, there are tiers or levels of reality. He said the world of our everyday experience is real with a relative reality that is on its own level unquestionable. But he said this relative reality has its being within and because of an absolute reality, capital R, which on account of the Otherness of its eternal nature we can never hope to describe even though it is possible for us to apprehend it directly. We can't describe it but we can apprehend this reality. I find that a staggering thought. That really sums up the whole spiritual quest. It can't be put into words, the end goal, as we talked about when we discussed the nature of God God is without words, the one about whom naught may be said, but he is discoverable, he is apprehendable, and that is the real that we are trying to distinguish from the unreal.
1: And uh, perhaps another way of looking at the difference between the real and the unreal would maybe to put it in terms of permanency and temporariness. Um, Everything in this uh, physical world is pretty much temporary. Uh but everything in the unseen world, the spiritual world has a permanence about it uh, uh that is uh, would be true of the realm in which God exists.
2: I wonder if permanence is the right word. I suppose the mm-hmm. Buddhists would say no it's not a, it's not permanent. Everything has a cycle and is uh subject to passing away or transforming itself, transmuting itself. Maybe a better word would be enduringness.
1: Enduring, okay. I do
2: yeah, Enduring, transforming, transmuting, okay. but not vanishing. Everything changes and grows. Pers- Permanence has a bit of a connotation <laughs> of static mm-hmm. fixedness.
1: It persists. It persists. Mm-hmm. You know, but everything in the physical world, I think you'll agree, is temporary yes. because uh, even the physical body has its temporary cycle. Uh, all of the physical objects in the world, including the physical body of the earth itself, mm-hmm. is temporary. And mm-hmm. it uh, has a cycle of, uh, of being and, and coming together, and, and then it uh, disappears. So uh, that's another way to distinguish the difference between The unreal and the real, I think.
2: It's the whole um, cause of our questioning. If we live, which we do, we know we're alive, if we live and we eventually will die, does that mean our life on earth was just a mirage, uh, a phantasm? And if so, does that mean that it doesn't count for anything? If it doesn't count for anything, then should I just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow I will die? These are some questions human beings have been asking for a very long time. But there's something deep in our psyche that says, yes, I will die, and everything I love will die, and everything on earth that I can see and recognize will die. But somehow, something endures. And if something endures, then something within me will endure. What is that? What is that real part that does go on and is not subject to death? It's a fundamental question.
1: And um, the ageless wisdom teachings uh, point to that. uh, The answer to that would be, one, the, the soul. That is the.
2: But the Buddhists would say that the soul doesn't mm-hmm. endure forever. I'm not a Buddhist, but I mm-hmm. I appreciate what they do because they no, keep us on our toes. There is, a,
1: okay, then there is a sense of beingness,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a sense of being. This what uh, I think endures, and uh, the soul part. Yes, it does disappear. Even the soul does disappear, eventually. Uh, it is has a temporary cycle, relatively speaking, but there is, that continues on, a sense of beingness, and uh, that is uh, what we uh, hold in relation to God, that sense of being that continues on, stage after stage.
2: Yes, stage after stage, when you say that the soul has a limited cycle... what the ageless wisdom as expressed in the books of Alice Bailey says is that even the soul progresses evolves and moves beyond its present state so that we're not saying the essential identity or um, capacity to be I, the self, vanishes but that the soul in time merges with a still greater life. There's a Emerging process that I think defines the real, and it's going to take some time for us to get into this, but reality is utterly inclusive and synthetic. Um, it's said that God is a circle whose point is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. And that suggests the inclusiveness, the all-comprehensiveness of this one life And this one life is the real, in which we all are incorporated. So every aspect of manifestation is in a constant state of reconstituting itself, transmuting, transforming, merging with a greater and greater wholeness. And um, our discovery of that progression leads us toward the real.
0: For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and our topic for today is From the Unreal to the Real. And, uh, by the way, a good introduction uh, to the books of Alice Bailey is a compilation of extracts from all 24 of her books, uh, the title of which is Ponder on This. It's actually our best-selling book in nearly all languages and can be ordered for $16 from the Lucis Publishing Company, Uh, and what you would do is... um, uh, write a check or a money order to uh, LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S, LUCIS Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And be sure to mention Sight, and you'll receive free shipping and handling. That's a special offer for today. I guess uh, we're all aware of how expensive shipping and handling can be when you order something. But for today, if you mention Sight in your envelope, in your letter, uh we'll give it to you for $16. Uh, that's $16. Check or money order sent to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And ask for the uh, book titled Ponder on This, which is a cross-section of the ideas in all 24 volumes of Alice Bailey Literature, and it will give you some ideas to... Uh, which books you want to go back and explore in depth once you read that compilation of uh, of all 24 books. All the works of Lucius Trust, uh, including this radio program, is uh, all of it is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of Lucius Trust. We're not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. We also appreciate all the support you've given us uh, in the past, and we desperately need it now in order to remain on the air, so anything that you can send us is uh, is appreciated. Um, you know, To order books, cassette tapes of the radio shows, a schedule of a, of our meditation meetings, or a package of general information about the organization, Listas Trust, uh, contact us at 1-866-695-8247. Uh, we'll be happy to send that general package of information out to you. Uh, I guess probably the uh, most frequent uh, question that we're asked is, is this a religion? No, we're not. We're a spiritual philosophy organization. So if you'd like that uh, collection, of that um, package of general information, just give us a call, 1-866-695-8247. Two four seven. The easy way to remember it: one eight six six. N Y Lucis L U C I S is Lucis. Think of one eight six six. New York Lucis. If you'd uh, like to key into our website, where we have an I- archive library of past shows, as many of them now, on a uh, multiple number of uh, interesting topics taken from the works of Alice Bailey, uh, you can key into our website at www. Lucis Trust, www.lucistrust.org, and um, we'll be happy to uh, uh, take care of you on all those levels that I mentioned before, ordering the book. uh, But let's get back to our show, Um, uh, Sarah and Dale. You made me think of uh, uh, something that I read in the Upanishads. Also, uh, in essence, it was uh, you made me think of that. uh, That. Uh, we're as dead now as we'll ever be, so I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> hope for us because
1: seems like everything, you know, all the
0: other realities, uh, are going to be uphill and better, I guess. So <laughs>
2: brighter days ahead. <laughs> uh, well, it's something to look forward to.
0: But the Upanishads are certainly interesting, and uh,
2: no wonder those Indians are such joyful people.
0: <laughs> we're as dead
2: now as we'll ever be. Well, I think it's true. It's a startling thought, isn't it? it sure is. Yeah. It, it's like a little uh, dash of cold water in the face. But I suppose um, the sense of correctness about it is that it's referring to the the earthly life in this material realm uh, as the veil of illusion, which all spiritual teaching says it is. The problem is that the human being becomes so attached to and identified with matter, substance, all his stuff, his money, his house, his car, his clothes, his career, his his reputation, his his um, objects that help define him. All of this is mistaken for what is real, and in fact, none of it is real. And um, the writings of Alice Bailey say that to the soul, death is not the terror that it is for most of us. We think of death as annihilation, or at least the loss of life as we know it, separation from our loved ones. But Alice Bailey said that to the soul, the real death is entering into incarnation at birth. And when you think about it, the soul which has had eons of evolution is suddenly forced to incarnate or anchor itself in a little tiny seven or eight pound infant body that can't speak or communicate or move or uh, live independently. It's totally dependent on someone. No wonder I cried for six months, my mother said.
1: Yes, it's it's the the perception that we have of real what is real and what is unreal here is completely reversed
0: mm-hmm. as far
1: as the soul is concerned. If we take the perspective of the soul, then um, everything is reversed uh, compared to what the way we see it uh, in in the physical world. And uh, I, I I think that's true because if you think of it, if you can put yourself in the perspective of the soul, you're suddenly thrown into this physical world and all of the limitations that are imposed upon this uh, very free uh, spiritual being, and, and suddenly it, it's plunged into darkness. And so the it, it does so voluntarily. I mean, the soul takes this Upon itself, to uh, it chooses to enter into this world in and take part in a physical body of some kind, with all its limitations. Then, even if it is a healthy uh, physical body, uh, that's one thing. But oftentimes, it is it enters into a very unhealthy body, uh, and it even many more limitations are imposed upon it. But I think this is all by choice, and uh, it's all a matter of it's choosing because it has to respond to the law of rebirth, and it does this as a great service in the service of God, and this is how God makes his way into the world by way of the soul.
2: Coming back to that um, definition of religion, which means literally to bind back, um, I think religion is about the desire or the urge of the soul to return to the reality that the soul left upon the decision to enter into incarnation on earth. All religions point the way to the Father's home, to the one, to the source of all life and this is what is known as the real this idea of god of one the unreal has to do with all of the um, all, all that is associated with the ephemeral with the temporary and with the separated if there is in fact one life one god one source then the illusion that we are separated units of uh, individual consciousness is the greatest unreality of all, and yet that is how we live our lives, as if we are unique and separate from everyone else. Uh, It makes us selfish, uh, fearful, uh, acquisitive, grasping, greedy. It makes us uh, capable of hatred, of warfare, of pride and ambition and ill-will. All of this stems from this illusion that we are separated beings, and that is the greatest unreality of all. The soul is that aspect within each of us that knows dimly in its consciousness that it is one with all human beings and one with God, one with the Father. And this urge to return, rejoin in consciousness, that oneness is the um, essence of religion and of the spiritual
1: path. I think that the presence of the soul hidden within this physical body of ours is always there, then, and, and it's always impressing its uh, its presence on the human consciousness. And that's where we get these ideas of returning, returning mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the old saying, you can't go home again, but... This is exactly what the, the, the soul is, is impressing upon us to do. And it comes out in, in many ways that uh, of always to return to some source like the salmon going mm-hmm. back up the river. It, it has to. It it's it's returns well, it's to coming
2: It's coming up to <laughs> Capistrano. <cup of> <laughs> well, exactly. So, I mean, yes, it's the same.
1: Well, yes, yes, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. It took him a long time to come on enough. <laughs>
2: Some of us take a circuitous mm-hmm. path. Mm-hmm. But
1: it's the same impulse that is planted there that assures us that we will at one time return to the Father's home. It's the prodigal son. You know, all over again.
2: That's probably why we're so thrilled with those stories of dogs that wander off and then come back home years later. Yeah, the, the um, great parable of the Christian um, teaching of the, of the prodigal son who finally, after years of dissipation, came to his senses and said, I will arise and go to my father. That's the the parable of every human soul whose senses he has been dwelling in unreality and must find the real it begins um, uh, with a willingness and a determination to learn discrimination, which is expressed in this most ancient of all prayers that you opened with Robert, lead us, O Lord, from death to immortality from darkness to light from the unreal to the real, learning to distinguish between the unreal and the real from dark between darkness and light and between death and immortality is the uh, razor-edged path that the Buddha spoke of. We must learn to distinguish between these polarities. And uh, the essence of the Buddha's teaching was the noble middle way that transcends them by uniting them. And we can talk about that in probably in another program. But the learning of discrimination is um, an act that gradually lifts us out of our desire, nature, our emotions, where all of this grasping and identification with the unreal is really grounded. The mind is the agent of liberation from the unreal.
1: And uh, without this discriminative ability, we would be lost, actually. And that's another um, one of the the soul's... um, capabilities that is implanted within us and it's it's a a necessary tool that needs to be developed and, and honed to a more um, sensitive nature and it's learning to uh, discriminate between right and wrong and between as it says here light and darkness and uh, from the unreal to the real and it's exercising that capacity to discriminate uh, not here on the physical plane between discriminating between races or between ethnic groups or religions or whatever. That's the way it comes out now. But it's refining that discriminative nature to distinguish much more uh, of the inner reality.
2: We are advised to... um, Learn to take mental notes, if not written notes, of our reactions to uh, various choices that we're confronted with in life. And a lot of this has to do with our values. If we begin to make a habit of questioning ourselves about what we most value, what we most aspire to, we can begin to develop this sense of discrimination that helps us gradually to recognize what is real, substantial lasting in life, what is worth living for, and what is not. Um, And gradually we begin to get a sense of, well, you could say our our inner compass begins to align ourselves properly with with the real, a kind of an inner judgment and um, magnetism begins to direct our life so that it's not constantly this struggle to sort things out in terms of our values it might start out with a real perplexed questioning, but gradually if we orient ourselves in this way to asking ourselves what is real what is lasting, what is most um, uh, eternal we will find that we can make these right choices and gradually gain a a greater sense of, of reality but this process of sorting it out takes a long, long time and Alice Bailey wrote a book on it, Glamour: a World Problem. It lies behind all of our misery and suffering on earth.
1: That sounds like the uh, topic for another whole program.
0: Yeah. We should get we'll into come that back book to that. Yes. Yes. Well, I hope we do. It sounds very interesting to me, but um a good introduction to the books of Alice Bailey is a compilation of extracts from all twenty four of her books. And the title of which is Ponder on This. Uh, I enjoyed it. I liked it. it gave me a. Uh, uh, I developed a priority of which books I wanted to read uh, first, and uh, I think you'll you'll find it very interesting too. It's a wonderful way to get uh, to get started on the works of Alice Bailey. It's called Ponder on This. It's our best-selling book actually in nearly all languages, and can be ordered uh, for $16 from the loosest Publishing Company. Uh, write a check or a money order to. LUCIS, L U C I S, LUCIS Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And be sure to mention site and you'll receive free shipping and handling. You can, I guess we all know how expensive that shipping and handling can be. So it's $16 if you follow those directions. Once again, the address is LUCIS Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.
2: From the point of light within the mind of God Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose